listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 433. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at Apple TV Plus's new series, Foundation, based on the classic Isaac Asimov novel. And uh, here in the States, and I guess around the world, we survived Halloween. Um, I didn't participate this year, though I'm still a little COVID shy, but, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think next year we'll be back. I mean, we always participate. Our, our neighborhood's not big, as you know, so right, it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, if you don't give the kids candy, they have real super easy access to your, you know, like yeah, no kidding. So that must <laughs> got, be what those marks on our front steps are. <laughs> Some kind of code. Yeah, um, yeah, we we did it. I think we got handed out candy last year. Even um, I'm not sure. Maybe I guess I can't remember, um, but yeah, the, you know, not not doesn't seem like quite as many kids this year. Uh, Jody waited till the last minute to get candy and ended up getting a packet of uh, what are they, the peppermint patties. The oh, okay, they're good. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't pick them for me to yeah. eat, but but yeah. yeah, yeah. I just feel like you know, the kids see that go in their bag, they're like. Ah, come on. <laughs> you are peppermint patties. That's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so um, my daughters claim that they love them. I mean, I know they're actually, I mean, they're, they're decent candy, but I mean, you know, come on. I know, like, they're not Snickers. It, it, exactly. In the pantheon of, of candy bars, they're, they're pretty far down there, you know. So, um, But uh, no complaints. We didn't get egged. Uh, it was a recycling night. I always feel a little bit nervous when, it's Halloween night on the same night that's recycling, but uh, no one dumped our recycling out or anything like that. Then, so all right. Well, why don't we get to the what we're watching segment of the podcast? And for me, I'm still doing my Lucifer rewatch, and, and so, something occurred to me as I got to the end of season three. And season three of Lucifer was 24 episodes long. And if you see, you're probably not going to watch Lucifer, right? Because uh, I'm gonna, you think you go might? ahead. By the time right. I do, uh, I'll we'll probably forget, or all I'll right. just I, like say la 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 in my head for the next five all minutes. Right. Well, well, we've talked about Fox and their penchant for canceling shows that should not be canceled. So I'm, I'm watching. You know, I'm at the end of season three, and obviously one of the huge plot points that we're waiting for is Lucifer to reveal his true self to one of the humans and in the show he reveals himself to one of the characters fairly early on in season one and this character you know has a bit of a time adjusting but but comes around and becomes very close with lucifer but of course the one character we're waiting for is is chloe decker so we get to the last episode of season three episode 24 we get the reveal and you know we go into the off season not really knowing how she's now going to react. And oh, by the way, Fox canceled this series. <laughs> and classic. I mean, are you kidding me? Although they did give us two episodes, two bonus episodes that they tacked on at the end that, well, these were intended for season four, but since we canceled it, we'll show them to you now, even though they made very little sense. Right. Um, obviously, Netflix picked the show up and just does a, a tremendous job with it. But the other thing that, and again, we haven't talked about this, Doctor Who has returned, 
for season 13, which is Jodie Whittaker's last as a doctor. And I put the episode on last night and about three or four minutes in, I'm like, this is stupid. And I just turned it off. <laughs> I thought the the first three or four minutes might've been the best part of it, but wow, yeah, it that's was, <laughs> so, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lay it at Jody Whitaker's feet. I'm going to, this is definitely Chris Chibnall. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I mean, this guy can write. I mean, Torchwood, there's some great episodes there, you know? Like, I really enjoyed that series. But, man, he has just driven Doctor Who into the ground. Like, I was watching, and I, I love Doctor Who. I looked so forward to it. You know, it just seems like every year in the last three seasons, I, I, it doesn't seem like I look forward to it quite as much. And, you know, this episode was just such a, it was just like a disappointment. It was just a mess. You know, a new companion's always kind of fun. Well, you probably never even got a chance to meet him. because I did not. Yeah, and, and I love Yaz, so I'm glad she's yeah, on. Yeah, and Yaz still. is great, you know, but uh, just the, the story, the writing. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't even know if I can really put my finger on it, but just... At the end of it, I'm just like, God, you know, what the, what the, remember when we used to be so jazzed about Doctor Who? Yeah. Like whenever sure. there was a, a, a first season or a new episode or special, we would do like a standalone episode on it. And we're barely going to talk about it. I, don't, I forgot to put it down. It was what I'm watching this week, honestly. Yeah. Y- you and know, that's, that's how far it's gone. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep recording them. There's only six episodes in this season and, you know, I guess I'll get around to it sometime or maybe not. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, I, I went back and watched the the last one, not the not the uh, New Year's January Day January 1st, yeah. But the Timeless Children one before that, that was a really good episode, you know? That was like kind of like had all the elements of the classic who in it and everything. But... Man, this one is just, just nah. All right, yeah. well, tell me something you watched that uh, you're enthusiastic. Well, about. I watched Dune, and I, I, I loved it. I agree okay. completely. Agreed, Dave. It was awesome. Um, you know, I there, there is a point. I don't want to talk too much about the plot, but of course, it opens up with part one. So, okay, all right. So we're not going to get the whole movie. That's actually probably a good thing. That might be a mistake that uh, that the the '80s movie made was trying to pack the whole story into a two-hour movie, right? Sure. Um, so I'm like, okay. And then it got to a point, you know, probably, you know, uh, maybe about half hour, 45 minutes in, I'm like, you know what? All my favorite parts to do, and I don't think I'm really going to see in this movie. And uh, and if you've read the book, you know what I mean. Um, there's a big turning point there in Paul Antilles life. But that's okay, you know. Like on reflection, even though part of me was saying I want to, there's there's stuff that I'm anticipating seeing. There's stuff that I want to see, and I know I'm not going to see it in this movie. But in the end, it was it was okay because they told a really good story. I was actually talking about with a student today, and he hasn't read the book or anything. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably going to love the movie because you're not going to be thinking about all this stuff that you're not going to see or you're going to miss. You're just going to be kicking back and enjoying the story. And they do a good job, of, a really good job of, of laying the story out. And, um, you know, like I, I, just, I just have to admit there was an element of me, the, you know, the, the little kind of babyish element that I wanted right here, right now, that uh, was slightly disappointed at not, you know, seeing some of the, 
the stuff that's like kind of canonical cooler stuff in it but but uh you know you know you know timothy chalamet i'm probably just butchering his name but every i you know when i look at him i have such a hard time picturing him as a hero because he's just such a scrawny like skinny little tiny guy you know but every time man he just he just turns it on me and says dude Ch-, you know like yeah, you probably sure. haven't seen the king uh, he plays Henry V. It's basically a a kind of jazzed up version of Henry the Fourth Part One. And he plays Prince Hal, and again, I'm like, really, this little tiny squirrely guy I'm supposed to believe is great, and I buy it. By the end of the movie, I'm into it. You know, I take it that this guy who probably in real life couldn't lift up a toothpick, man, I, I buy that he's a he's a tough, hard nosed hero. And the, the same thing happened with Dune, you know. So. Um, yeah, it's great acting, great cast. The visuals are awesome. You know, I really liked it. Good, Good. job, HBO. Well, you know, I, I liked it. And, and and as I said last week, I, you know, I'm not sure I'm quite as enthusiastic as you are about it, but I certainly liked it and, and I will certainly watch part two. But the one thing that I read, and I, I almost find this hard to believe, it, because you'd think, well, they probably filmed part two concurrently but from what i've read they didn't because they took say a cue from the divergent series and maybe we better wait and see how part one does before we invest Mm. all this time and money in part two you know because of course you know what happened with divergent they just they just scrapped the final uh the final part of the third book i think so oh did they i did, I only watched the first movie i read all four books and i was again another series that i read the first book enjoyed read the rest and they were awful but yeah yet i worse. still 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 read the book so i was not really uh into um you know i, I think maybe the movie came out while i was still reading the first book maybe or something but after reading the other two books, I'm like, I definitely, and, and I didn't even like the first movie anyway. To, so, so that's no sweat off my brow that they didn't do it, but at, at least we saw the Twilight movies though, Dave, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and of course, uh, you look, she's going to be up for an Oscar. It looks like with Diana coming out November 5th. So, and I say that in all, with all the seriousness in the world from everything <laughs> I've read. So we, we will uh, see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I I tease you about your I know. your Kristen Stewart, but she's actually I do admire a lot of work that she's done and everything. So, yeah, so all right, well, let's get to foundation before we go too far off the rails here. Episode six, season one, Death and the Maiden, written by Marcus Gardley, directed by Jennifer Fong. It aired October twenty second, two thousand twenty one, and. You know, listening to Fred's feedback, you know, I, I get where he's coming from with his waning enthusiasm. I, I, I did Was feel the pun like, intended there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, this episode does further the plot along. We, we do get some pretty cool action sequences, but there's still something about how they're presenting the story that just doesn't quite do it for me and as he points out the the lack of gale is, is kind of problematic but they do have 10 episodes so yeah I, I guess we'll see but i think the thing that strikes me most 
about foundation at this point and, and is really kind of driven home even more in this episode is that fundamental question that shows like Battlestar Galactica, humans better than us have examined is what does it really mean to be human? And, you know, that, that sequence with Demersal when, when she's right. on, uh, you know, the salt planet with uh, Day, Brother Day, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a, a, a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's really something that, that's important that, you know, again, that, that really doesn't get examined in the books at all that I can remember. Well, yeah, so it's far, I'm, you know, probably about a quarter of a way through uh, Foundation and Empire. And, but yeah, I don't recall that. Now, yeah, I haven't read all the books. I just read the, the original three. So maybe it's something that's touched on there. But it's still, it's, it's, I mean, we both really like when shows go there, right? Like, I yes, think absolutely. both of us, like, really kind of are into that theme. And I, I did like that part of it. Um, I, you know, I have to kind of agree with Fred somewhat, especially with the, the sequence on the moon, like really being very slow and, and, um, you know, not, not, not saying I don't know the point of it, but not a hundred percent, you know, like, um, you know, I, I get that they're showing that, you know, it's part of like demonstrating his, you know the the power of the empire becoming less and less, and their influence and stuff like that, and everything. But you know, I don't know. Um, well, I think also though, I mean, you know, the the A story, if you will, the, where Brother Day travels to the Maiden, which is of course the name of the planet, and, and that opening scene where Gale does the voiceover, recalling the Synaxian view of the Emperor as someone who never shows doubt until he meets Harry Seldon, and. I think we're certainly meant to consider the power of religion and faith versus the the political, uh, right? I, I guess people in power. But not even versus. I would say like the how how much faith goes hand in hand with the politics, right? Sure, right, and and certainly we get a little bit more. Uh, insight into this religion, although still it's a, it's a little bit confusing to me. But you know that opening scene where Brother Day emerges from stasis, he he, he looks kind of concerned already, and 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 I guess he's going there to sort of solidify his his grip on this religion, which I I think up until this point we never really realized how powerful it really is. Because on the one hand, you might think, why is he wasting his time on this seemingly backward planet? But when we find out that there are, what, three trillion followers of, uh, of the religion, then, you know, it certainly starts to make sense. We've seen one of the Cleons kind of, and I'm making air quotes, invading Demersal's privacy, and we see this one. She's in her chambers, and of course, she's fully dressed, but she's putting on her makeup. And again, air quotes as she's, I guess, repairing herself or whatever uh, needed to be done. But it's almost as if he knows he's invaded her privacy, which then takes us back to the what does it mean to be a person? Okay. Well, well, you know, and, and the other thing, you know, where they're talking briefly about, um, you know, the journey there and how the human has to remain in stasis. And he says, yeah, you know, what's it like? And she said, like, if I could explain it, 
you wouldn't have to sleep through it, which yeah. uh, it was well, such well, a well, great right. That, okay, that's what I was going to mention because um, cause, well, you know, she said basically the human mind couldn't handle witnessing it, but like Gail did, right? Sure. So, yeah. you know, that, that kind of leads us to, I mean, this clearly is in there to show that there's something unique about Gail, which we already knew there's something unique, but I mean, for her to be able to wake up while they're in, in transit and to not go crazy apparently is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing that, that strikes me, you know, the, the scene where they're eating a meal together and she starts quizzing him about the history of the planet as any good public relations officer would do before her candidate you know meets the press or meets you know the the constituency and you know he does pretty well before they uh, arrange a press conference at the uh four seasons lawn and garden (laughs) 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 but uh we learn that she is a follower of the luminous faith right what's that all about right Right. And, and she, as she says, the search for meaning is not always about the answer. It's about seeking enlightenment. And, and again, I've mentioned that I'm doing a Battlestar Galactica rewatch as well. And in that show, what I, I mean, I always remembered that, you know, religion was certainly important to the storyline, but I never I, I didn't remember how important and how often it comes up, particularly from the standpoint of the Cylons. Right. Who ironically are the ones that they're believe the religious in the ones. one yeah. right well they, they believe in the one true god and yep. guys baltar is uh certainly an atheist and and really is coming to grips with head six at this point so uh in in my rewatch but but yeah so we see that in demersal as well and i i, I think the uh maybe the the new science fiction fan might look at a scene like this and it's like, well, that's stupid. How can a machine believe in a religion and believe, you know, but obviously you, you, yeah, I think most people that are watching foundation along with us are, are seasoned sci-fi fans. So, so we, we, you know, we've been down this path before, but I guess the thing that really strikes me is that it doesn't surprise Cleon. Yeah. Well, I think it's, something i mean he's it doesn't sound sound like it's new to him right it's not like a reveal to him right Um, exactly but but yeah this idea like as you said is like what constitutes like a person what constitutes a soul like even we look at like because in the you know the the view of of the this religion cleon is not a person because he's he's a clone the the you know the a soul as they say they really hammer home i believe in this one that a soul is just like in an individual conscious you know like one body one soul type thing so what does that mean about cleon and yet um uh demerzel who's you know i don't know what you you know we would say a you know manufactured life form or something like that um you know, is is a true believer so much so that like you see at the end. You know, when when she kneels down to uh, what's her name? I totally can't remember the character's name. Um, Halima. Halima. Yeah, that that's um, you know, like first of all, like a big moment as in her declaration of kind of her independent thought. I mean, she warned Cleon not to bring her there, right? Because yeah, um, and also 
to um you know probably a, a little bit of a betrayal on on he's probably seeing it a little bit on his part so and, and you know but a, a declaration of of her um religious belief too yeah and i think that'll be fascinating to watch how he interacts with her now that she has you know as you point out executed and what can be interpreted as an act of betrayal i don't think it really should be viewed that way because i don't think she's betraying him i mean we see the two women that are vying for the the top spot and and certainly the charismatic halima you know really embodies that type of a character whether it's a politician or a religious figure and of course she's not the candidate that that brother day wants to win but certainly it's it's headed in in that direction but i guess the thing that i'm a little confused about because you start talking about you know one body one soul and i was a little confused do they believe in reincarnation or or was halima saying that that once you die your soul lives on but it's sort of in this you know other universe or whatever that's what i inhabiting a new think she was saying okay and i'm not sure how important it is at this point but probably kind of is so the thing about demersal where she doesn't die i mean will she look has she been alive for 400 years we sort of get that idea so uh, whoever her mechanic is or <laughs> yeah, you know, that's some quality manufacturing right there. Yeah. No kidding. That will be fascinating to watch. But, but as he also points out to her, he doubts the purity of Halima's in intentions with, uh, you know, re- you know, the way she presents herself, which is really to throw him off balance right from the start, which I thought was great. And I also thought it was great the way he didn't, appear to let it get to him and that you know that what was that commercial and never let him see you swim well, yeah yeah and and that's speed stick know, i think is yeah it. right because that's it, clearly what halima wants to happen at that point and he's like sure okay what i'm, I'm good whatever what do you bring it on what do you got next but um, you can see you can tell like she rattled him a little bit you know like he sure. was he was expecting the pageantry and the big welcome and she's like Nope. Uh, of course, he kind of maybe got a little back when he refused to drink the water, you know, and everything. But uh, yeah, but and it, of course, it looked like a big margarita. But hey, whatever. Um, yeah, but you know, rules are rules. You know, like they, they you, are, you they start are. drinking margarita the first time you get on this plant, you have to do it every plant, and next thing you know, someone's poisoning your margarita, and you know. Now there's only and, two emperor clones left. Well, then plus the new one, they can just you know cook up so right but there are a number of really powerful scenes in this episode and one of which you already mentioned when when halima just really just pushes uh the other candidate out of the way i forget her name i've got it in here somewhere and, and takes over the crowd to the point where as you, as you said to Merzel, uh kneels and and you know pays reverence with with the rest of the crowd i mean really powerful scene but i want to move on to to salvor for a second and and of course you know farah's got her plan and salvor has pledged to stop it but but of course it's another thing i mean is salvor the one 
and, and of course, we've encountered this idea, this concept of the one, you know, from everything from the Matrix to, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I guess the, the really significant thing in this episode, what is her connection to Gail? Because it's really driven home mm-hmm. that there's something here because we see her have that little, I don't know, so I guess they called it a seizure and and we see her, and we assume she sees herself as in, Gail. As Gail, except mm-hmm. it's it's her. It's just right. she's in Gail's clothes, which are you know obviously very uh, easy to recognize. Yeah, well, that's also probably a liberal term. Their clothes. I don't know. Like, yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> there are a couple but, of straps that she had around her there, but yeah, right. Uh, but but uh, yeah, well, that, that's a great question, and obviously that's going to be the big reveal. Is what is the deal here? Um, I think they've dropped some hints there when the whole conversation on the ship about the you know her friend that got pregnant and we know that they have like embryos waiting and everything so you know i mean i, I would imagine that salvor was one of those embryos that maybe was fertilized on the ship even and then kept in stasis or whatever they were doing you know maybe they add a little something extra to her embryo or whatever to uh zygote i guess is what i'm looking for okay, um so- so you don't buy that uh, she was naturally conceived the way that her, her her father seems to imply? I do not. Okay. All right. So, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's it, but I mean, I think there's, you know, probably a little, I mean, she says it herself, like Harry, she feels like Harry Seldon created her for this, um, which, I mean, and again, I apologize for bringing the book in this, but, you know, the Salver Hard in the book just kind of, he just knows what to do, right? And she's finally at that point where she's just like, "I'm going to go with my gut here." You know, I'm going to go with what I my my, you know that that iron string, as Emerson would call it. You know, I'm going to just roll with my intuition because I I'm, she she's feeling like that that intuition is comes directly from Harry Seldon, and so. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, when Harry Potter takes the Felix Felicis, you know, he's just like, you know, I got to go do this. Or it's like, you got to do what? You know, it's just like uh, the her her actions might not seem logical at from this point on, but you know, she is following the path that Harry has laid out for her. You know, and, and we get that initial scene of the crashed ship in the crater. We see the commander crawling around on the ground. And, and, and of course, I think we talked about this last week. It's like, you know, unless they have like these protective chambers inside, they're all going to die. Well, okay. He, he survived. We didn't see anybody else. But two of the young kids that we've met before clearly survive. And, and we see them hiding out while all the executions continue. And, and the, you know, you, you were talking about Salvor and hands down. Salvor Harden is my favorite character in this story. Yeah. No question. I mean, yeah. she is just a wonderfully drawn character. And well, I Hugh's love, pretty cool, too. But Hugh yeah. is cool. He's just kind of like a second banana, though. Yeah, exactly. He's her sidekick. And, and that's fine. Every every hero sure. needs a sidekick. Every hero needs a sidekick. And that, that you know, sidekick is usually heroic in his or her own way as well. And, and certainly we've seen that out of Hugo. Um, yeah, just like Dopender, right? Yeah, right. What? <laughs> Dope into her from, from Deadpool. Oh, right. The taxi driver. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> a great scene where the kids, 
find her and they they free her i'm like dude well, they, the, be, they free her by beating the hell out of the guard man so. well it was just the one yeah the other yeah and, and and you know they get her out of there damn you're heavier than you look yeah <laughs> and and again i just love her reaction that doesn't go overboard you know tells them they did great but you're not coming with me on the dangerous part of the mission not that what they just did wasn't dangerous but uh you know w- we see the heroism you know on down the line and and i love how salvor is really set up against lewis who i i, I mean i don't want to use the word despicable because that implies that he's he's doing something nefarious on purpose He's, he's just still what he he's thinks just, is right, but he's just weak. He's just, he's yeah. weak physically and he's weak minded. He just is not cut out to be a leader. And well, he just I, he, I get, he has faith in in the empire, right? He has faith that the empire is going to save them, and he he isn't thinking like Harry, right? He's thinking sure. like a like a middle level administrator, right? But a good just, leader would say okay you know i can trust the empire but what if i can't so i better have a backup plan and and obviously salvor wanted to have backup plans and and oh no we don't need backup plans and you know i i think while she didn't maybe get to practice them they're still running around in her head and and and, you know she as you pointed out a few minutes ago is going with her gut, with her instincts at this point, and right or wrong, she's going to live with those decisions. And and we get another of those really emotional scenes when when they they take out the the ships, but she loses her father in the interim, and it crushes her for a moment. And, and it's something that you know she'll grieve later when she has a chance. But right. now we've still got. You know things we now it's time do. for action, right? And that and that strength of character, because you almost wonder whether she's going to try to stop her father from doing anything. And of course, we know uh, it doesn't matter what you try; he he's going to do whatever he's going to do. And and you know he's he certainly saves the day. And and again, I, I was thinking about you during that whole firefight scene. You know, like God, did these guys go to stormtroopers marksmanship <laughs> school? Because yeah, yeah, they're really bad. Yeah, you know, because Salvor and Hugo they hit everybody they aim at. And sure, it's classic. It's classic. If yeah, I ever make classic. a science fiction movie, I'm going to be like the bad guys are going to be like the super marksmen, and the good guys are going to be the ones that can't hit the broadside of a barn. Just to yeah. just to change it up a little bit. Yeah, but. yeah. So we learned that Farrah's trying to crew a jump ship from among the colonists and and lewis turns out to be one of the three um and 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 again when she i think it was the engineer first and the woman said i'm not going to help you and she just goes over and pulls a jack bauer shoots him in the leg all right he's got one (laughs) other leg yeah any other questions because you you remember that jack bauer episode where he's got he shoots the guy's wife in the leg they're sitting on the couch i'm like yeah yeah Oh man! Oh, and then the the one where he uh, he uh, plugged the lamp. The, he he pulled out the wires from a lamp and plugged them in the wall, and then electrocuted guy. Oh yeah! Oh man, that Jack Bauer man. That guy could torture on the drop of a dime. Yeah, no kidding. Um, 
But the other thing that comes out of this part of the story, I'm wondering, are we going to end up viewing the Anacreons, I don't want to say as the good guys, but as as an aggrieved party, because the more we hear about what she wants, it's that they really just want knowledge, that, that, that there's something that they need for their survival that apparently... The Empire is unwilling to give. And and now when we see Brother Dusk, and we'll we'll get to that part of the story in, in a few minutes, I'm starting to wonder whether this whole bombing, you know, of the uh God, what's it called? The I want to call it a jetway. That's what it is at an airport. But yeah. uh, you know, was that set up by Brother Dusk? When he was Brother Day, of course, and then he right. gives him an excuse to nuke those two planets, and it's like uh, I'm just going to keep that, you know, keep that in my pocket for for. Well, now. it's certainly that we wouldn't put we 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 know he's capable of that. Sure. Um, you know, and that's why it's so weird to see like the new brother day now because he was the previous brother dawn and he's not the same guy right he's the same body and the same actor and everything but not the same guy and there's a he's a little different so when he you know it's so when we see him get like his quote-unquote comeuppance on the maiden like that's not the, the guy that we that really needs to come up is now old right, right. like right. He, he's the he's not this guy is while still privileged and arrogant, he's not quite as privileged and arrogant as the previous guy and is more willing to listen uh, and everything. But, but yeah, but, but we, we know it's certainly, it's, it's something he's more than capable of, of pulling off. And, you know, I, I, I like that. I like that theory, Dave. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on that for sure and and then of course on the one hand i'm thinking like oh that's a brilliant move hugo where he reprograms the ship to only follow her commands but you know at the end of the day would you think pharaoh was gonna say oh okay i guess i can't use your ship i guess we just gotta go home then so Ah, you got me right and and as pharaoh says you get to see the stars after all and they're taking off for the Anthor belt, which Hugo mentions, you know, it's already programmed into his ship's computer. So he's been there before. Do they have what Farah needs? So I guess I want to just keep an eye on things that that it seems as if as ruthless and brutal as she has been. Is this really an act of desperation? for her people i mean is she trying to do what what again what we've seen other science fiction stories you know explore is what are you willing to do to you know prevent your race from going into extinction and they're dealing with that in battlestar galactica you know as well so right but are you willing i mean that's the thing like they come and they slaughter innocent people it's tough to justify that you know sure Um, it is like because it's not like that was her only it doesn't seem like that i don't know i mean i know she sees that that was her only option but i don't think that was her only option yeah but they went there like it it wasn't like she was like really regretting the loss of innocent lives and it is innocent lives there's people kids getting killed right they're indiscriminately shooting people 
um, just mowing people down. So it's really difficult for me to have any kind of sympathy for her whatsoever. You know, I think she's pretty monstrous as a character, despite whatever her her motives are. I, I can't, you know, roll with the, the means that she used to, to get to her ends. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned Brother Dawn, and he is, of course, on Trantor, and a lot of this story has to do with his relationship with the botanist and any Dude, potential. Be- Go ahead. Best. <laughs> he, he picks the sex worker with the same haircut as her and then just wants her to, like, turn around so he can just see her hair. I'm like, that's classic. Well, it is the same girl, isn't it? I don't think so. Oh, see, I guess I assumed it was the same girl that that the botanist was just. I mean, she's a servant, and that that this is one of her other duties. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I so rarely I, am, I, as I tell I, my wife. I, um, <laughs> I, I thought it was she just got the, like the same kind of hair, and that's why he wanted her to like look away. Oh, okay, okay. But I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I've been wrong before. It's happened at least once must have happened sometime i can't really remember it but i know it must have happened in there sometime i'll edit this out and send it to your wife Um, (laughs) but you know we get that little hunting trip and it's really revelatory you know on a lot of levels that that number one this is a trip that ordinarily day would be heading but since you know he bumped dusk from you know the the trip to the uh Oh gosh, what's the planet called? The, you know that we were just talking about the oh the maiden, maiden. Um, yeah. so that it falls to brother dusk and and right away it, it's clear that brother dawn's a natural. I mean, he, he first shot knocks one down, ends up killing six. In again, we don't really have a a time frame for how long it took him, but it doesn't look like it took him very long. He breaks. Not only, right, this is his first day shooting, and, and he we learn he broke Dusk's record, but we don't think, I don't, I don't get the impression that it was Dusk's record on his first outing. It was just his record. It's just straight up record, right. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, he tells his, his, you know, servant, hide three in the bushes, and, you know, I don't want to show him up or anything, which then goes back to then. Who's the dude that goes into the bushes? Was that the same guy? Yeah, Correct. yeah, it's that dude, right, right from before. And then he cloaks himself. Right. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Klingon cloaking device. I got, okay. You know, A for that. Well, like Fred I, said, I mean, like, you cannot deny, say what you will about the story and everything. You cannot deny the visuals in, in this yes. show. Like, they are oh, outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I, I still go back to the crash of the, the Empire yeah. ship was just That phenomenal. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and plus their ships are cool. The way they they're vertical, that, yes. that's pretty cool. Not something we they're see every cool. day. But yeah. but why does that guy go back and get the three? Is that so? Yeah, Dusk doesn't learn that he actually shot six. I feel I mean, like they're gonna show up. I think he's gonna, you know. Well, is Dusk gonna be threatened by Dawn? I mean, yeah, doesn't make any sense because there's this natural progression that takes place every however many years. So I, I just didn't understand what that was all about there at the end and, and why really he even needs to do it. But that line where Dusk says to him, only a man can replace a man. And, and you know, we know what he's talking about is that, you know, you're going to be day pretty soon. 
time for you to go to Gossamer Court. And I, I think we all know what Gossamer Court was going to turn out to be, and it it sure. even exceeded my expectations a little bit for the show. So that that was pretty cool. And yeah, see, I thought it was Azura, the, the botanist, that he. I'm pretty uh, sure it was. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. just kind of looking up some recaps. Okay, I, I think, like, like I said, he he uh, he saw her 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 hair from her haircut is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So he selected her, and then he you know he backed out of the the sex bit. Yeah, he pulls, which goes is probably off. to his credit, I guess. Well, he goes holding Caulfield on us. You know, he just wants to talk, right? And, uh, and he says, "I'll I'll you know say that you did well." And, you know, she doesn't really seem that uncomfortable. And we learn that, that they're going to have their memories wiped of this incident. And, and she's aware of that. So, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, we're, we're sort of used to this free sex, you know, non-judgmental whatever from Brave New World. So, you know, I ex- expected to see her, you know, very uncomfortable, which, of course, she wasn't. He seemed much more uncomfortable than she was you right. know, when you get down to it. Right. But then we see her in a shower telling Dusk about what happened. And, and you know, he's in a towel. She's in a in the shower. It's like, all right, are, are they in on something together? Is there some sort of a plot is she a plant <laughs> no pun intended uh, mm. since she's a botanist right uh, i got gotcha. that's how you're doing that of dusk <laughs> i mean i don't know what i mean what else uh, makes sense i guess at that point yeah well we don't know and uh, what we we do see certainly is that brother dawn is you know like we said different he he opens up to the the gardener tells her that he's colorblind you know, he, it's something he hasn't admitted, I don't think, to anyone else. And the fact that no other Cleons are like that, so that he is different from the the other the other Cleons as well. But, you know, just like each of these guys being a little different, right? And and this young brother, Dawn, seems to, you know, actually be interested in her, like, for her, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I mean, we have to then wonder, have there been differences prior to this because we always get the the idea that it you know they are perfect copies of the one preceding them but that doesn't seem to be the case here and then i love when they're you know standing up on the balcony and um you know she's telling him what color and all that but after he reveals his secret now what do i do she's like well you could push me off I'm like okay, gotta love that. And I, you know, I like how she gets in front of it. You know, like she's not yeah. gonna let him come up with that idea on his own. Like if she right. brings it up, then maybe he'll see how ridiculous that. Well, not it's not ridiculous because actually, it's you know, in his position it seems like kind of a logical thing for, to happen. But uh, you know, like she's, I think she's she's good PR person. That's why you know your your theory is probably pretty solid. Yeah, and of course, then they kiss. And then it it leads me to wonder not so much what Brother Day's reaction is going to be to all this, but but I want to know what Demersel thinks about this. You know, once you know, I mean, is this a common event to have happened at this age for one of the for the the Brother Dawn? Uh, I mean, you think I'm it must it be. And if we found yeah, out yeah. that the the gardener girl was also a clone, and that there's 
been one of these girls in the life of every single Cleon. That wouldn't surprise me either, you know? Okay. And, and then it could go certainly right part and parcel with that theme of what it is to be human, what it is right. to be a person. So yeah. Um, yeah the idea like of free it. will and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. Anything else you want to bring up? Well, just like, you know, the, the, the creatures that they go hunting, you know, seem to be pretty, pretty beautiful creatures, you know, and they just kind of callously shoot them down. It seems like completely for sport. I know they, they take them with them. Like, did, I don't know. Would they mention eating them at all? I don't know. Well, well, they didn't. And, and I understand because you, know, you get, I mean, it's understandable. We shoot those ugly deer that. You know, right. roaming all around our forests, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, I know what you mean. I, I, but, you know, again, it was a, one of those special effect visuals that, that yeah. really strikes you. And, 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 you know, I mean, look, I don't think either of us is, you know, big on hunting and, you know, I mean, obviously we've got other No, despite growing up in that. Carroll County. Yeah, right, right, right. But, uh, yeah. All right, anything else? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think that's good. All right. Well, let's hear from Fred this week and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Foundation Season 1, Episode 6. First off, what are we watching or what am I watching? Actually the same as Dave, because after doing the pilot as a podcast i indeed went on watching lucifer and am now almost at the end of the second season and i do like it although i get sometimes a little bit the same feeling as my wife had after three four episodes it's all more or less the same but there is still some involvement there uh, also with uh, mace uh, the demon and uh, his brother and uh, the psychologist or the psychiatrist. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I will watch on. Okay, going to Foundation. Man, was this a disappointment. I was actually expecting quite some content with Gale here and Harry as well. And we actually didn't get them back. We only saw the murder of Harry in a kind of vision of Salvor. After last week's action, this episode got its slowness back. The only action was around blowing up the ships and Salvor losing her father, which of course is a very sad story. The whole thing on the Maiden Moon, although it's politically intriguing, is quite slow. The whole story on Terminus, how they are going to pressure the technical people to work with the Anacreons. Very nice and funny was, though, how this kid, Gia, freed Zalvor together with her little friend. Tough little lady, although you almost don't see it's a girl. The actress is 14 or perhaps 15. Uh, Doesn't a nice little job there. The story of Brother Dawn and the botanist Azura, it's okay, it's nice, but it also doesn't sparkle too much, I think. 
So when you hear this, I'm not that enthusiastic about this episode or actually a little bit the series as a whole. What I am enthusiastic about is about the visuals. They are great in the garden, in the forest where they're hunting, on the moon planet, the maiden, the ship, etc. Really, really nice visuals. Big question, of course, is how does Selvor get these actually Gaal experiences as a vision? And that's actually the only intertwining of the story. Of course, it's all connected, but you really get the feeling that the story of the Cleons, the story on Terminus and what Gale is experiencing now are three completely separate stories. And then they switch from one story to the other, which I find a little disturbing. We all know it will come together, but at the moment, um, I'm not very much charmed about it. Okay, um, I will give it a B minus, or perhaps even a C plus, but if you take the visuals, I go to the B minus. Acting on its own is okay, but it's just too slow. Um, I will leave it at that. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I think all of us feel the lack of gale is a bit problematic, and you might say, well, we get a little bit of gale, and just you know, but yeah, as we said, the the connection will be made clear at some point. I mean, we've got uh, four episodes to go, so we'll, we'll see whether it's sooner or later. But Fred mentions his enthusiasm for Foundation is flagging a bit. You could say waning again. That's fine. I can say waning. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and he gives it a B minus, C plus, that it's a little too slow. I mean, I don't feel you know i don't feel that it's too slow at this point but i and i can't really put my finger on what it is that that just hasn't really grabbed me yet because i you know the characters are good the acting is good the special effects as we all acknowledge are just phenomenal well like the, the first episode was awesome yeah and it's just, i won't say it's gone downhill because there's been better and worse episodes but none of them are as good as that that first one was you know right and um, i mean the dialogue's good i mean there yeah. are thematic ideas being explored but i don't know i i i i mean i'm certainly still excited to podcast about it and and it is as you mentioned a few weeks ago sci-fi royalty so yeah. that's never really been you know, translated to the to the screen before so yeah it, it's yeah. it's a tough you know it's it's a tough book to bring to the screen like if you've ever yes. read foundation this you're you're like i don't see a script in this thing you know um so i i, I admire the job that they're doing actually so far with you know because anyone can like game of thrones Ran for like what seven seasons, just basically like yeah. taking what George R. R. Martin wrote and translating it almost verbatim to the screen. And then when all of a sudden they ran out of source material, well, that's when we started running into problems with Game of Thrones, right? Sure. Um, so in this case, you know, you're showing source material that is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I love the book, but 
it's not a, a show. It's not something you could turn into a movie. And I think I like where they're going with it. And I've really, actually, the one thing I really super do like, and we said, I uh, just said super do. I know that's kind of awkward, but, um, you know, with, with Salver Hart, as I said before, how like her, her counterpart in the book, she's trusting her instinct and is going to kind of go with her gut and know that, you know, this might be crazy, but this is what I feel like is what we got to do. So that's what we're going to do, you know, and just it's the same way that Salver Harden bucked against what everyone thought you sh- he should do. He kind of did the opposite of what people thought he should do. And it turned out that was the absolute right thing to do. So, you know, I, I like how she's, she's trusting her instincts now more. She's, she's using the force. Right. And, and we know that as she's sitting at the controls of Hugo's ship, she's already concocting a plan for foiling whatever it is that Farah's planning to do once they get to, uh, I forget it, whatever the yeah, whatever. place is. I thought she was just going to like gun it, like since Farrah didn't want to like strap in. I yeah, she was, like, I did too. Slam down the gas and watch her smack her head against the back of the ship and everything. That's the end of that threat, you know, but... Uh, so, yeah, um, well. but yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's got, she definitely has a plan. We know she's got a plan, you know, and it'll, it'll be cool to, to see it, uh, you know, come out very steadily and slowly over the next four episodes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, what do you want to go with a grade this time? Um, I gave it a B, but I could probably be talked to in a B plus, you know, well, buy me well, a that's drink. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm All right. B plus. Okay, I'll go with that. I, I'm comfortable with that. All right, any final thoughts before we sign out of here? I think I am all thought it out. Okay, all right, Fred, thank you for the feedback, as always. And that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Foundation. Anything else going on in your genre world, join the Facebook group if you haven't, and share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. Emails can go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about episode seven of the Apple TV Plus series Foundation. But until then. So, so David, is there something that we can do to require people to listen to the entire podcast and not cut out like, you know, towards the end or something like that? You know, I feel like there should, there should be something we should make these people. What do you think? Is that possible? It is. It is? All right. Because you know what? I don't want these people sneaking away before we're done. <laughs>